I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I want to talk about a short story that grabbed my attention from N.K. Jameson's latest book. So I cannot believe that January 2019 is already in the books. It's been a wild one already. Sorority activities for me are ramping up. The legislative session is open, which means that more social action activities are heating up too. Um, I've already been to our state capitol once speaking to legislators and I'm planning to go back again next month. Um, Senator, Senator Kamala Harris announced her bid for, pres- for the presidency and that she's opening an office right here in the city. And I'm still forming my opinion about her and her presidential bid. I'm, I'm really looking at her, um, what she's done already or to this point, especially as a state's attorney in California. I think it was. Um, there's some interesting information that I just want to learn more about regarding how she uh, approached parents of truant kids. Um, there's a lot of pushback about the negative impact of that. And I just want um, to spend some more time with that information and kind of parse it out myself instead of just listening to other people talk about it. But anyway, I'm just interested in everything. And I just encourage everyone who listens to this show um, to form your own opinion based on facts um, and then move that way. Um, yeah. Anyway, something else that happened this month, um, the federal government passed a short-term budget paying bills um, and ending um, ending the shutdown and, and sending out paychecks to federal workers. You know, we'll be right back here in a few weeks, essentially, because it's a short-term funding um, bill that was passed, but it's something, right? And plus 45 didn't get his wall, so there's that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Anyway, as a way to pivot from the madness that was this month and usher in Black History Month, I want to take a moment to celebrate a recent work from a talented Black woman writer, N.K. Jemison. I I think I said Jemison before. It's Jemison. Um, And her book of short stories entitled How Long Till Black Future Month. And I think I, um, I think I talked about this when I first got it, maybe back in November or something like that, but I hadn't had an opportunity to read it um, or listen to it because, you know, I do Audible. Anyway, um, but I have to say this whole book gives me kind of hoodoo folklore vibes, basically. Um, And I'm still taking my time, you know, going through the book, but I already have my favorites. And the short story that I want to talk about today from the book is Red Dirt Witch. So Red Dirt Witch is a short story by N.K. Jemison from her latest book, How Long Till Black Future Month. Um, And The book itself came out earlier this fall to much fanfare. Um, The cover of the book has this little black girl backlit to highlight her magnificent quaff and kind of low lighting to, you know, illuminate her skin, her beautiful brown skin and her handmade jewelry, too. Um, It's kind of like a natural kind of feel to it, you know, like an earthy kind of feel to the picture itself. 
Um, anyway, the child, she looks regal, radiant even. Anyway, to me, Red Dirt Witch, um, you know, it and most of the stories in the book itself read like hoodoo folklore. Do you know what I mean? Um, and Red Dirt Witch is set sometime in the early 20th century in the Jim Crow South or maybe middle 20th century um, in the Jim Crow South. And it's kind of like it's kind of like Hold'em Tab, that story I read in the first episode of my um, Black American Folklore series back in October. Um, you have a second, just check it out if you would. Um, anyway, the main character um, of Red Dirt Witch, her name is Emmeline or M um, for short. And M is a black woman living with her man, Frank, and her children, Pauline, Sample, and Jim, in a small majority black town called Pratt City, which is just outside of Birmingham, Birmingham Alabama. And we learn that M has significant powers that has been passed on to her um, from her line. And she has passed that power on to her children, especially Pauline. Now, I just want to pause here. It's definitely clear that she's passed on her powers to Pauline, but it's I'm not 100% sure that she is passing on to her other two kids, her boys. Anyhow, M, the story kind of opens um where M has an ominous, uh, reoccurring dream for a year foretelling the coming of a white woman, a witch. And when the burgundy-haired white woman appears um, or comes down M's red dirt road to bargain for her most precious gift of all, M has to make a painful choice. Surrender one life for three or lose everything. But Pauline who is coming of age and into her power, complicates things when she reveals that she has begun to have the same dream that M has had and Miss Pauline can interpret it. And with the confidence of youth, Pauline bargains with the witch to give her own life for that of her mother and her brothers, forcing M to make an even greater sacrifice that will ensure her family's safety and that of black folks across the country for generations to come. So Jemison does a really good job transitioning through time jumps while telling her story. We begin in the early 20th century, maybe the 30s or 40s, with M going to the city market to sell and buy things, um, and, and that's considered to be, in the story, the present day. And then we jump back to the 16 or 1700s in the throes of slavery for a second. And then back to the 30s and 40s when we're introduced, um, you know, M is presented with this issue, um, this problem that she has to solve. And then to the 60s, during the height of the civil rights movement. Um, and finally to the 2000s, just before Barack Obama's presidency. It's confusing to explain, I know, um, or it, confusing to hear, um, but it's really something how she can take the reader through all of those time frames so effortlessly. Um, and she basically just used the lineage of the main character, M. 
um, talking about her family story as if, you know, your granny or somebody was, was telling it. And I think that's the trick. Um, I haven't read a ton of Jemison's work, but she can write, um, for sure. Like, I would, you know, uh, LeVar Burton on his show, I'm sure, would read one of her short stories because they're just so, at least the ones that have captured me so far from her book, um, her latest book, just, they're well written. Um, now, it also doesn't help that the narrators that she's chosen to um, read her book on Audible are outstanding. Um, but still, a good narrator can only do so much with the writing. If the writing isn't good, it doesn't matter how good they sound. Anyhow, so it's, you know, the time jumps to me are interesting. And I always did enjoy movies that took you through different time frames, but did it appropriately. Didn't get you lost in, in, in the story. You know what I mean? Anyhow, the other thing um, that Jameson did, what Jemison Jemison did, was um, she does this interesting thing where she turns the reality, you know how white people, it, like it's known that white people steal trends and the appealing elements of blackness um you know for their own profit and game well in this short story you know she's kind of turned it into like the physical manifestation of like the ugliness that that trait is that that action is um and so you know she's kind of turned it into this seeming into something that these seemingly white people need black folks literally to survive to stay young um and in the story the white woman who is dressed in fine clothes and whose skin and hair is flawless comes to him with a little black girl in tow and again um what i don't think i shared this in the synopsis that i by the way did not get from the book i kind of just did that on my own so my bad if i share too much anyhow um you know in M's dream that she's had for a year, it was, she knew that the white woman was coming. She knew the white witch was coming. Um, and so she was able to prepare for her coming. She didn't know what she was going to bring. She just knew that this white witch was going to come again because she has powers. Anyway, so, you know, the white woman comes and she's got this little black girl in tow. And again, um, M's daughter, Pauline, she's coming into her power. Um, so she's beginning to, again, she's interpreted, um, this dream at this point. Um, and she shared what that means to her mom, uh, M. And anyway, so M's daughter, Pauline, intuits pretty quickly looking at and listening to the white woman, the white witch, um, talk. She intuits pretty quickly that the white woman is using the little girl for the little girl's power basically just sucking the power, the life force from this little girl. And the white woman readily admits it and adds that that's why she's there to see M. And she intends to leave eventually with M's children in her possession. Um, obviously, her intent was to leave that moment with one of M's uh, kids, but M put up a fight as any good mother would. So anyway, after the white woman shares her intention with M, she goes away to give M the chance to think about the choice she has made, she has to make, which is to give over a child to her. But to M's chagrin, 
Pauline uses this downtime that the White Witch has given M to prepare for the White Witch's return. And I can't really say much more about the story because I feel like I've told you too much already. But there's so many more juicy parts of the story that that you really should read um, for yourself. You know, again, Jemisin can write. And, you know, the narrator's really good in the Audible book, but I can imagine, like, you reading it yourself adds some magic to it. You know what I mean? Um, It's just a really, really good story. You know, it just occurred to me that I want to get my language together on something I said a minute ago. The idea that all white people steal the best elements of black culture isn't 100% true. Um, But white culture, not every white person does that, but white culture as a whole tends to do that, tends to monetize the cool parts of blackness. Um, Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some black folk are fortunate enough to, you know, get some money out of it in turn. But by and large, black folks as a culture and as a community, we don't get any money off of that theft. Anyhow, um, but back to the story itself. I, I really think it should be made into a movie. I hope it is made into a movie. And I know there are other more deserving you know, writers and and other stories that probably should be made into one first. But this is a beauty to behold. Um, If I could be so dramatic, um, the story is good. I can't say it enough. I encourage you to, you know, if you are an Audible subscriber, subscriber, you can hop on Audible right now. And this is not, I'm not getting anything to say this, but you can, you know, join do a trial for Audible right now and get a free book that at the end of the trial, you can keep that book regardless of whether or not you move forward and become um, a member of Audible. But um, this is one of those books that I would do that for. Um, it's really good and it's got so much good stuff in it. And it's like, it's just a great writer and she does a really good job of mixing the past and the present and the future and in interesting ways and and one of the the best examples of of her doing that is is Red Dirt Witch um so yeah um I I really want to see this on the uh, small screen or big screen at this point it really doesn't matter Uh, YouTube I promise you it does not matter to me anyhow all right that's it for now be sure to send me a message via the anchor.fm app and donate even 99 cents will be a helpful contribution please also consider leaving me a favorable rating for the show on Castbox, anchor.fm breaker radio public pocket cast google podcast apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen to this show all right i appreciate you thanks for listening until next time